What's going on, guys? It's Monday Madness. I'm your host, Anthony. Thank you for tuning in to the Culture Jack podcast. I hope you had an incredible weekend. I did. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But before I do, make sure hit subscribe, drop a review. Very simple to do. Once you go into your platform, make sure to give us those five stars. That's all we ask for here at the Culture Jack, at least at this time. Let's dive into the show. All right, guys, so let's catch up on a couple of things. First and foremost, again, I hope you had an incredible weekend. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and then I'm going to respond to Dustin's question in regards to the Sony or PlayStation uh, whistleblower <laughs> agreement or whatever whatever they're calling that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the console countdown, uh, superhero fatigue, and... VR headsets and I've got some some ending notes I want to discuss on today's show as well so you're going to want to stay tuned for that uh, Dustin had an incredible episode on Friday I'm going to make several references throughout this podcast about things that he talked about but if you guys have not caught that make sure to take a moment of course after this episode and uh, check his episode out on the Friday show. All right. So this last weekend, I uh, got out with the kids. We went out to the lake. I got the drone out. I got the video, uh, some of my video gear out, such as my Hero 8 camera, my uh, Sony DSLR. I was taking photos with that, my uh, phone, and and much more. And, and, and the reason I want to bring that up is I run a couple of different YouTube channels outside of my main job in the podcast. And I have hit a wall in both channels for two different, both YouTube channels for two different reasons. And the one channel is the Range Start Experiment. And I'm not going to go into a bunch of dialogue and on all of it, but I have grown, uh, the creativity and the excitement and, and I, however, I guess one would encapsulate the reapproach or relaunch for the channel and getting out and doing things. And it has been a blast. I, uh, am really, really dialing it in. I'm really working on several different things. If you watch the uh, Facebook promo video, you'll see that we're in the new office finally here in my house it's not finished it's still kind of a mess or uh, a mess in one hand and probably very plain and blank in the other uh and that's that's by intent right now i'm waiting on a bunch of gear i've got a bunch of different setups that i'm i'm messing with but it has been a blast to include this last weekend with taking the kids out to the lake uh and just starting to push the envelope on that uh both the technical side of things and the creative side of things. And, you know, when I start this podcast for Monday, I, I talk about, um, I hope you had a good weekend. I, I truly mean that. I mean, get out and do those things. Get out and try different stuff. Um, I'm trying to rekindle that relationship with my mind on, you know, it's okay if shit doesn't end up the way you want it to, as I've become quite accustomed to that, especially with doing video and uh, photography. And I think that that was the, uh, the item that prevented me from producing content on my one channel was because I wanted to do this, but I wasn't, I was doing that. And after doing that several times, I felt as though I wasn't capable of producing what I wanted to produce when the reality of it is, uh, very, very simplistically put is I just wasn't taken I wasn't putting my time toward the things that needed the attention. And there's a lot of really good sayings with that. And that is, you know, work hard is a, is a motto that I've heard my whole entire life. And you probably have too. And you probably know people that exemplify what working hard is now to morph that into what I would refer to as the, uh, important thing, and I'm not trying to pep talk you, but it, it's work hard at the right things. And what that means to you could definitely mean something different to me. But um, 
after going through kind of this vicious creative cycle, I believe I have isolated what that means to me in regards to work hard on the things that are important. And it's very easy to do the things that you yield results from as opposed to uh, not necessarily stopping that, but uh, putting that to the side and continue to put those efforts toward, but then focusing on those things that you know where you want to go. Um, enough of, I guess, the, the pep talk and everything else. So super stoked about that. And that's the reason I wanted to share that. It's kind of a personal moment. It's a thing that I've been working on. Um, and so far I've enjoyed it. I have, uh, messed up a couple of things on the road over the last couple of weeks as far as uh, shots and and some video stuff and even setting up the uh, studio or office or whatever you want to call it. This has been long delayed and uh, I'll go into that maybe in a different episode, but I did want to share that with you simply because I believe it's important that because you may not be seeing the results today doesn't mean that your hard work and efforts won't pay off tomorrow. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's you know, drawing a comic book or if it's doing a podcast like what Dustin and I do here or writing a book or drawing a picture or painting a picture, working on your car, any of those things, uh, often, at least for, from my perspective, one can get caught up in the minutia of life and where you want to take this and, and where you're currently at. And maybe it's a personal thing or financial thing or what have you. But at the end of the day, more often than not, you're the one stopping yourself from taking that next step. So again, enough of that. Uh, so I did get out with the kids. A couple of other things I did this weekend, I worked on some college stuff, which, uh, isn't the funnest thing to do, I will say. Um, but it is good fuel for the brain to get the, uh, the, I guess, technical learning part of my brain reactivated, uh, because it does require a different, uh, a different mental appetite as opposed to playing a video game or spending time with my kids because of the preparation and the things that I have to do in order to pay attention, write a paper, do a study, blah, blah, blah. In fact, uh, I'm recording this and I have a final exam I've got to do and a lot of other things. And the way I used to do it would be cram hard all morning, which, which works. Um, because I've passed a lot of exams that way. However, uh, a few weeks back, it was like, Hey, hold on, take a breath. You've studied the, you studied the material do, you know, I need to do the podcast and <clears throat> other things. So just time yourself, make a plan, stick to the plan and everything will be okay. Now, another thing, or there's two things that, that I wanted to talk about. I did as well this weekend. Uh, one before the other, I guess. Let's see. Last night, I was watching The World's End, which uh, is a incredible movie. It's uh, with the guys from Hot Fuzz and, and everything else. And I forgot how great that movie is. If you're not familiar with it, I would definitely take some time. Look it up. It's got Nick Frost and, and the team that did Hot Fuzz. They did, uh, what, three movies, and I think they're doing a fourth or fifth movie together. And it's very enjoyable. It's, uh, I don't know, it's just, a fun, it's just a fun movie to watch. Uh, so I enjoyed that. And then kind of a little secret is for some reason, Maybe it's just ease. And I think that is what it is. I have been playing a video game, folks. Take a moment. Take that in. I have been playing a video game. Now, it hasn't been for long stints of time, but I have played this video game several times over the last several weeks. And what was that? What game is it, do you ask? It's Mortal Kombat XL. I know. I know. Uh... <laughs> You know, I, I am not 100% sure why I keep getting drawn to playing to it. It's fun. It's uh, Maybe it's the nostalgic part of playing, uh, growing up and playing Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and then getting into the Street Fighters and then getting into all of these other games. But I don't know. I've just had a fun, a really fun time. Super simple. I suck at it. I am not good at it. I just like 
playing it. Um, so, so the other night I did, I played it and actually beat the little story mode on, I, I don't even know. Um, I did discover some new moves and it forces you to change characters and, and what have you. But it's amazing to me that it is still, in my opinion, a, uh, credible game for what it is. Now I do want to do an episode and I'm trying to build, build this up. Uh, the last episode I did on Monday madness, I said, I'm going to do a response or my version of a response to social dilemma. One I'd also like to consider is, uh, one on fighting games and what that's, that's meant to me and where they are today. Although I'm not very familiar where they are today outside of mortal Kombat XL, which is not 11. I tried to figure that out last night. Uh, Game Pass has XL for free. And if you go in, you can actually get even more free costumes and character stuff like the uh, Coalition War uh, USSR uh, Scorpion outfit and others. So enjoying the hell out of that. Enough of my babbling through the weekend. Enough of the inspiration or lack of inspiration, however you may perceive that. Let's dive into a couple of things. First, I'm going to respond to Dustin's new, well, not Dustin's new, Dustin uh, discussed in conjunction with the social dilemma, which was a very good segue, uh, that Sony PlayStation has brought forward a way to, uh, I guess it's like a mediation uh, between maybe hostile and inappropriate chatting folks versus those that are not and essentially some type of censorship you have the ability i guess from what he said and i did not look into this at all i'm just taking uh, what he said at face value so if he's lying and or misled me in any which way then that's on him because his research was wrong <laughs> anyways uh from what he said, it's like you can record the party chats and then report someone for saying uh, in any context, anything really. Uh, it gives you the ability to select, if I understood correctly, like the level of censorship that you want to uh, be privy to. And uh, I'm going to respond to that. I guess from a couple different viewpoints. Uh, one, I'm very similar to Dustin. I uh, don't party chat with very many people. I have, yes, I've played Apex Legends several times with people I don't know. And most of the time the, the conversation is okay, sometimes not so much. Like uh, personally, I'm not a fan and this has nothing to do with uh, the blocking or whatever by Sony, but I can recall one of the last times I played Apex with a unknown to me, the individual kept talking to someone else and I don't mean someone else like on the headset I mean like someone else and someone's else several other people in the room that they're in which was uh, kind of obnoxious and then they would jump over hey man blah 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 hey Bill you know blah, blah. and you're just sitting there I'm just sitting there all like shut the fuck up or mute your mic um, but that's that's my that's me uh, not them they weren't saying inappropriate things they just it was just uh, annoying at best so uh, I know that's off topic. I've also played, I played a bunch of online games in the 360. I know a lot of people refer to the 360 era as the adolescent chat era where you would get on and, you know, you're playing with 11 year olds and it was just ferocious with swear words, uh, slanderous and defamating just comments and shit. Most of the shit just doesn't even make sense. You're just trying to play and they're calling you some stupid name over and over. You suck, you suck, you suck, you suck, or what have you. Um, it still does happen. I have played uh, Apex. I've played uh, Call of Duty with people. Um, most of the time, from my experience over the last couple of years, most of the time, it, to be honest, it's 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 fucking whiners that that bother me. I haven't gotten as much as you used to get with the just ridiculous swear words. Like, damn, do you like? 
your, your shit isn't even making sense. I can't even decode what you're trying to call me or what you're trying to say to me here, but it's just, it's not doing it for me. Um, but right now, I mean, to me, most of it's whiners. So how do I feel about them enacting the ability to record someone's voice and then essentially be a whistleblower to some sort and say that I deem what they're saying as inappropriate. Now, again, I, I, it's a precarious situation from my perspective, because who is the judge, jury, and the executioner in this sense? It relies on Sony or some third-party support group that's going to review the content. That is, is the whole session recorded? Is it recorded in segments from when they're saying stuff? Because that also is a very slippery slope because taking words out of context, especially while playing a video game, like video games... Um, bring out the worst and the best in people, in my opinion. I have played, and so have you for the most part, if you've played with uh, your buddies in high school or maybe you play, you still play today, you've got guys that are going to be happy, sad, highly emotional, people that are going to get fucking furious and throw shit. And, you know, that's all within context of what's happening. Does it exceed or does it uh, create a situation? Yes, it, it clearly can. Um, and, and it has in some senses to where I didn't want to play a game with this person, but I have the right to just get out of the game or mute them just like you do. So recording someone and then submitting it for review. And then what is the consequence? I mean, that was the other thing. Um, and I don't know that Dustin... I don't believe he talked about that. I don't even know if it's out yet, what the consequences are for such thing. And then is there a hearing of some sort to justify your side of uh, the recording? I don't know. You know, I've been watching The Wire lately. That's a show. And that's what that shit reminds me of. It's like this. Um, it, it's like this goofy thing to where it's like they're going to listen until they say something. Then you pay attention to what they say and then we'll get them. Um, you know, and that's that's really the motto of The Wire and, and really surveillance as a whole. So I don't know. I don't know that I'm a fan of it, but I also don't know that I'm not because there are shitheads out there. And those shitheads do ruin not only the gaming experience, but can ruin your day. Can In some cases, you know, there's been articles and um, several things written and the media, even though they hinge to bad news, um, where, where people are like Dustin said, he had some strong examples of, you know, telling someone to kill themselves or telling someone to do this or, or saying you're going to go to someone's house and threatening people or swatting, God forbid, swatting someone. Uh, there, there does have to be action against that. I, I think that that's bullshit. I think there should be some equality, but I also think that there is a right of expression, um, especially when you're playing uh, such an intense thing because you have to remember, I mean, I'm a casual game player. So when I play Call of Duty or I play Apex, I'm like, fuck, I'm in it, man. And, and I will say stupid shit caught in that moment. Not I, I will not say things that I would deem inappropriate or that is uh, inappropriate uh, against, you know, you know, and I've said this several times over, I'm not going to talk shit about your culture, your race, your religion. Um, I will talk shit about the way you play or lack of playing. I will talk shit, uh, in response to something stupid that you may say, or something that I disagree with, but that's, that's a part of conversation as a whole. So does, or should Sony do something like this? I, I think the whole, um, censorship thing from the, uh, three levels of rating is a good idea personally, where like you can sign up and if you want to play youth, because once, once my little guy, or as I look back on my older kids, I'm like, shit, that would have probably been a good thing to where you can lock it up. And, you know, I, and again, I don't know how that, how does that work? Does it bleep out? Is it, it does it, uh, if you say fuck, it goes bleep, you know, how does it catch that? I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it, but I'm not a fan flat out of some uh, goofy character, um, which in my opinion is what it would require to sit there and maybe they're having an off day or maybe they just want to be a douche and record me, submit that recording to Sony in an attempt to maliciously 
um, do something, maybe because I lost the game or maybe because I took an ammo belt or whatever it could be just because they want to be a shithead. That that's the part that uh, is concerning and alarming to me because I know that that's going to happen. You know that's going to happen, and then it's going to turn into this kind of quasi shit show of what's right, what's wrong, and everything of the sort. So that's that's kind of my stance. Should they should you be able to set a level and however they figure out how to manage that level? Sure, but should you be able to record and submit? Be let's literally what a whistleblower is. That's literally what, um, you know, to some regard, it's, it's the same shit, you know, in the social dilemma that, that Snowden did. Now, if there is wrong, if there is hate, if there's a group of guys that are, that are saying hateful things and that are intentionally going after groups, yes, they need to be reported. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, uh, to restrict the freedom of speech or to limit it, who are they to judge? Um, outside of anything that is hate crime or whatever. But I guess in that same argument, don't chat with people, mute the person, don't chat with strangers, build your own groups, make your own decisions. Um, but that's at an adult level, I feel. Um, but then you go into the uh, level of maturity and, and so forth and so on. So I'm going to leave it there because I could just sit here and ramble on and on and on for probably an hour or two giving you my take on that situation. So moving forward, I wanted to bring up the new console countdown. As we are heading into the middle of October, we've got a couple of weeks. And actually, let me relook. Let me look at something here. I did a poor job because I was going to run right by it. But let me look at uh, listen to that. You hear that? loud ass keyboard. I had to get a new keyboard for my office because the other one didn't fit on my new keyboard tray. So what I'm looking for, because I can't remember. Oh, okay. So it looks like we are within about a three week window of the new Xbox and the new PlayStation coming to your home. I am positive that you're, we're going to start seeing top YouTubers. I've already seen uh, variations, but nothing too, I guess, too much yet. But you're going to see several variations of videos on YouTube with these top gamers who get the early release of both systems, uh, essentially showing you their capabilities from their perspective on their configurations and setup. And I'm super stoked because um, I'm going to get one. Uh, the funny, there's actually something funny about that. Cause I may have to be out of town for business that day. Uh, but fortunately my wife will help me procure one in person or attempt to procure one in person because that's the route I have to go. And I know it's the route Dustin has to go going old school, standing in a line, hoping that you get the ability to purchase one of these new, in both us and in my case, the Xbox Series X. And I believe he's also going to get the Series S for uh, his his uh, ability to play at home and work. And uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm still soaked. I know he is. I really want to play this. Uh, I really want to see what the capabilities are. And to be honest, I was playing Mortal Kombat, like I said earlier, and I'm like, this doesn't look that great, to be honest. Um, I am interested, and again, it's XL. It's not. It's not 11. I am interested to see a how graphically better it is, the load times, because there's a little, little bit of load time there, nothing crazy. Um, but goddamn, I'm stoked. And Cyberpunk's coming. Oh my goodness. Ugh. Let's move on from there, because we can just we can just sit in silence and anticipate, and and wait. We'll just I'll just. Uh, start live streaming this for the next 20 days so we can just I can, I can tell you random thoughts that come to my mind about this it's not going to happen um, so uh, I've got two other big topics I wanted to talk about and one of them uh, again I keep doing snippets uh, because I did want to do a full episode on this but I figured let's just jam all this crap in because I don't know how long I'm going to talk about it. I don't know how much material I want to I want to bring in, but more than likely one, two, maybe three of these topics today. I'm sure I'll bring back. I'm sure Dustin will talk on these as we both uh, kind of share the uh, the weight of each subject. And 
The next topic is a pretty big one, and that is superhero fatigue. Now, this was a huge topic prior to COVID because of the uh, the the massive amount of superhero shows and the projections for shows to come. And really the reasoning behind it is it's pretty obvious. So the last 15 years, we'll we'll say 15 years, there's been an incredible uptick in superhero movies. And it's not that there's just been an uptick. There's been a very highly successful uptick with shows on mainstream TV, like the flash arrow with other hits uh, in TV series like the Marvel run on Netflix with uh, um, all of those shows, the Punisher, Daredevil and many others. And then, of course, you have the Juggernauts, which is the Avengers movies, the Iron Man movies, the Spider-Man movies, which we've seen several variations. DC uh, had Christopher Nolan, which I feel was a pivotal mark and a large player in the buildup for what superhero movies are today, which was the Christopher Nolan Batman run. Um, And at that time, they were competing with the goofy X-Men run, but they were all very well received. There was there was a couple that just didn't make the line. Ghost Rider was a good example of one that just didn't didn't make the cut and several others. But it's built up to a point to where there was a lot of talk in 2019, early 2020, about superhero fatigue due to the fact that they are taking over. And I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to give you my take on this. Now, we know that superhero movies have not only been huge, huge in the sense of financial with hitting above billion dollar profits and gains per movie. They've also assaulted the top 50 movies ever with those numbers. They also are bringing in more and more big name actors, big name directors. And there was one thing as I thought about this yesterday, the day before, and and, and most prominently this morning as I was like, okay, I'm going to come up with some ideas for the podcast. And I'd been writing up on this piece of paper I have here. And the one thing that stood out to me is while yes, there's actors and while yes, there's grave success, while yes, it's been over 15 years going into 20 year or maybe it's at 20 years now. I don't know. Um, and now, you know, DC's growing bigger and they've got James Gunn on Suicide Squad, which is crazy. The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix did incredible and Daredevil's done incredible and Shazam and Black Adam's coming and all these different movies are coming out. The one thing that stood out to me is if you look back into the turn, you know, into the 2000s. Now, I would not consider anything prior to that a part of this new uh, regime, um, and I'll explain why. Uh, because those were flat superhero movies, and one would argue that even the beginning, and I would too, to say at the beginning these were dubbed as superhero movies, which really meant to me that the story arc was based off of said superhero with those superpowers. That was the centric story. So and so got his thing, and that's it. To whereas now I feel like Kevin Feige, especially with Kevin Feige, especially with uh, Christopher Nolan, especially with. Uh, James Gunn and, and several other directors and the, the screenwriters and the the studios, the, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker is an incredible uh, movie. But when you started in the early 2000s, you could easily just say as it's just another it's just another superhero movie and another one and another one and another one. And, and the list just kept going to whereas now the stories have exceeded, in my mind, the characters themselves to where you are not necessarily watching the movie because uh, because of the Joker in the Joaquin Phoenix. You're watching it because the incredible acting, the incredible story, the incredible cinematography and everything of the sort where it's like, I um, mean, I've actually read this. Uh, on several comics to where it's like, shit, even if this wasn't the Joker, the character from the DC comics, this is still a great movie. And if you ask yourself that and you really think about that, it's like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. If they removed that they were superheroes or said that they were a part of Marvel and it was just a science fiction movie, 
um, like Star Wars or whatever, I still think it would have been successful. Now, does it help? Absolutely. Is it made by the right studios? Absolutely. Were the right names tied? Absolutely. I'm not discrediting that. But what I am saying is that they've gain the ability to create this universe, this multiverse, this story, the threading between the threading, the, the, the threading and climax of these stories within each. And then everything to where they are no longer superheroes and or no longer superhero movies. In my opinion, they are incredible movies that just so happen to have superheroes. And I think that that is a valuable thing to consider because often people get caught into that it's just another superhero movie to where in some cases, sure, that's that's the play that they're going for. But for the most part, when you look at, you know, like Shazam to where like that, that was a funny the way that they did it was very funny. It was very natural. It was, you know, what would a kid do? I, I think it would have been a little bit more rated R. But what would a kid do? Uh, Dustin said, you know, a good example was the boys is a great example in which I'm going to talk a little bit about that at the end of the episode. But the boys is a great example. What would superheroes like look like if they were normal people? They're going to be, some are going to be shitty people. They're going to be the same person, but now they have the capabilities of literally doing whatever they want because they are uh, genetically, or in this case, chemically enhanced well beyond any other human. And that's the story that you want to hear that. And to me, that's where it starts extra, you know, you, you start almost pulling out the superhero and it's like, no, they did an incredible job as a movie. And there is a huge argument based around this. I know Martin Scorsese, one of my all time five favorite directors, all time favorite directors has talked shit about superhero movies saying that they should not be, um, in the same world as uh, when it comes to awards and recognition as some of these other movies. And I, and I argue that I hated that he said that because, again, he's one of my all-time favorite directors. Um, but I, I think that that is a thing of the past. Now, there is going to be shitty movies that come out that they rely too heavy on the superhero and not so much on the story. That's going to happen. But is the fatigue a thing? And that is a question um, for Dustin, if, if he uh, wants to answer that question. And a question for you guys. It, what makes the difference or what has made the difference so we're not seeing superhero fatigue? Is it maybe the delay in movies coming out because of COVID? Or is it the story? Is it the characters? What What is it that allows superheroes to where I feel like all it is is an enhancement to a genre, which means that it's a comedy. Uh, for the most part, it's a comedy, maybe a com-drom. But it has superheroes in it or it's an action movie with superheroes in it, because one could argue that a lot of the action movies, especially the 90s action movies, 80s action movies, those motherfuckers are superheroes, even though they didn't say it, they didn't show anything like it. But there's no goddamn way John Rambo can go to five, six wars, seven wars, come back unscathed or the commando or the predator or whatever. So consider that. And I'd like to know what you guys think about it. Moving on. I'm going to come back to this, this topic. I, I find it very fun to talk about. All right. So one thing that I have been considering, and I believe I even, Dustin and I even talked about this uh, a little bit. And mind you, I am not an expert on this subject, nor am I extremely well versed in it. So take this as an opinion. And only an opinion, um, because I am considering, I didn't say I'm going to, I'm considering a VR headset. Now, I have watched VR develop into what it is since, since inception. I was following Oculus Riff on the, uh, back when it was a, uh, what the hell is it called? It's a, uh, the, the fundraiser platform. And then obviously Facebook picked it up. And then I saw the Sony, I almost bought the Sony VR several times. Uh, and then HTC has the Vive valve has the index and, and all of this, but I've been interested in this from a couple of different points of view. One, uh, I like tech stuff. That's just who I am. Um, I've always liked tech stuff and, um, I've always been on, been big on 
trying to keep up with TV trends, audio trends, and the like, and kind of just, just an interest of mine. I've, I've always been that way, and I'll always continue to be that way. And the one that's kind of escaped me was VR. And the reason was, like many new technologies, and it's not new technology, I understand that, but like many new technologies, they're generally is a gold rush of sort to that new technology. And big companies, as I just said, flock to that said thing to see who can build it first, who can exploit and build the thing first so they become the norm. Right. So they become the industry standard for that. I mean, you've got many examples to where right now the there's three three main console runners, period. It's been that way for a while. You got the Nintendo, you got the Xbox and you got the PlayStation. Um, and that's it, though. There's been a lot of guys that have tried to come back in. There's been a lot of different variations that attempt to play in the uh, to play in the uh, ball ball field. But they're not known, not anything like those three big guys. And I have been hesitant because of that with uh, VR and then seeing some of the games, trying to understand some of the dynamics, especially with the old, uh, the first few series had the screen door effect. It had a bunch of weird things and, and, and issues with it. Now I have recently dove into what the new Oculus Quest 2 has to offer the Oculus Rift S as a as a uh, part of the Oculus family and some of the others, and I've watched several videos on it. One of the best, or there's two, there's two really good ones that I watched. One was uh, Linus Tech Tips, and the other one was Tested, which had a really good review and gave me a far better understanding on VR as a whole because I feel like it's a it's a bit different than just a console of sort because a console to me is a device that you hook to your TV, whatever TV you want. If you want the best TV in the world, an AK TV, and you want a $50,000 sound system, that's on you. System's still 500 bucks. You buy it. You don't. doesn't matter. You can add those peripherals and those additional things to where this is pretty much an all-in-one with the exception of audio for some of the units that don't include audio. And essentially, you're stuck with the uh, capabilities and it's from my understanding outside of the computer that you may or may not use to enhance the graphics you're still fairly limited now I'm not knocking it I'm not doing anything I again am not overly familiar with it I have played someone they did displays pre long pre-covid and I have played arcade versions in arcades but between the goofiness of the the circle controller things and the headset, I'm still on the fence. Now, one of the things I do understand at this point is that the Quest 2 is one of the first ones to offer uh, essentially disconnected or non-wired capabilities at a fairly good uh, visual rate. You don't lose a lot. I guess the frame rate does does drop a little. And then you can hardwire. Now, that is the one I am considering. So my question to you, the listener, is are you familiar? Is there an argument? Is VR dead? Is it going to uh, resubmerge as they continue to grow and build the technologies, or is it just going to continue in its own its own little area over here? Because that was one of the things with the Xbox. I, I just didn't get why they didn't partner up with the Oculus or someone or at least offer the capabilities to hook up or tether the headset to it while offering that enhancement if you elect to do so. Not that it's going to change or do anything other than give you capabilities of utilizing those headsets. I am still, like I said, still interesting or still interested if the Rift um, Quest 2 or even the S comes on a very good price, I may consider purchasing it in the near future. We shall see what happens there. But I am, again, if you are a VR player uh, or you have experience, I would like to see or or hear your opinion in a comment down below. And uh, what I'm looking for, to be honest, is just more of a, uh, of a thought and a usage. I've read several articles to include, I'm on one right now on CNET, where they do a comparison, best VR headsets for 2020, which included the Oculus 
Quest, which is at 400 bucks. The Sony VR, 300 bucks, which is for the PlayStation. The Oculus Rift S is 400 bucks. The Rift S is a hard wire to your PC. And then there's the Valve Index, which is from Steam. That bad boy's coming in at $1,000. And then they are saying the best, that is the best PC VR. Vive could be a flexible modular system. Um, and then of course the Quest is the best standalone. So the Valve Index is the best PC. Uh, so interesting, interesting article there on CNET. Uh, and again, there's a lot of great YouTube videos. I would just love to hear a, a actual person tell me, did you buy the shit and it sits on the shelf because you played lightsaber wars or whatever for a week and then that was it? Or are there enough games to, to feed that, uh, need for the VR? So, all right, moving on. I need a drink of coffee here. Okay. I did mention this earlier, so it's going to be kind of a short end, but what I've been watching lately, the world's end, as I said earlier, is a great show. Um, and, and I find myself often, uh, looking I'm going to look something up here, uh, looking for some of those, uh, fun comedy slash, uh, movies that I knew I enjoyed. So the world's end was shoot 2013. And yeah, that was, uh, Simon Pegg, Nick, Nick Frost, and and some of the other folks. They were also in Shaun of the Dead from 2004, Hot Fuzz, and not to be confused with The End, which was also a great movie. Um, I may watch that soon again, too, because that shit was hilarious. That was your uh, Seth Rogen, James Franco, uh, Danny McBride, Jonah Hill, and, and many, 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 many others. That was a wild ass movie. Also hilarious. But so I watched World's End. I do have, I actually bought a triple pack of movies that came with Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and the World's End. So later the week I will be watching Shaun of the Dead and then I will probably watch the end again. Um, another one that I did watch uh, that was incredible was Brightburn. I know uh, Dustin actually turned me onto that when it came out and I watched it and I think I was watching something else at the time. And I just didn't think much of it. And then I just rewatched it. And what an incredible story. Um, yeah, if you guys haven't seen Brightburn, it is a very cool concept uh, and well worth the time. I be It is available on one of the streaming services. I don't recall which one I watched, but it is available. Take some time and watch it. And then I did, just like Dustin did, wrapped up season two of the boys. Now, a funny thing about that was, uh, for whatever reason, um, as the last episode came out, there was a lot of online scuttlebutt about uh, it being canceled or what have you, and that is not the the truth of the matter. It it has been, and I read several articles from the producers and everything saying we did get signed up for season three. In fact, we're looking at some possible spinoffs that are going to come later as well. Uh, my take, and if you haven't seen the boys, well, I guess mute it for a few minutes because I'm going to wrap the episode up here pretty quick. Uh, what an incredible, what an incredible story. There, there is a thing though about the story. I really do like how they portray people as being quasi people. Now I'm not going to say people are going to be as crazy as Homelander if they had super abilities, but I have no fucking clue. Maybe they are. Um, or to do some of the things that, uh, Billy Butcher and the, and the boys have done and, and what have you. But the one thing that I will say is the boys, Billy Butcher and his team, um, they're starting to get, you know, starlights on there. And I can't remember the girl's name. Um, they're starting to get some supers on there. I hope to God that in the next, in, uh, season three, that, maybe Frenchie or uh, Billy or, or one of the guys takes some of the V because I feel like their encounters for the most part is either a tactful get the hell out of there or 
get beat up and then get the hell out of there to where I would like to see them become an actual adversary for the supers as opposed to doing all of the skating around. And I, and I'm going to say that I would hope that it builds up to that. Um, it doesn't take away, at least from my opinion, it doesn't take away how enjoyable the show was. But I feel like as we build this, as the stakes get higher to some degree, that they they are gaining soups. But what about the original, the core team there? I would love to be able to see these guys um, and, and to see what happens to them if they take the... Uh, yeah, I think that would be really cool. Um, I'm also excited to see what else comes out this year. There's a bunch of shows and, as you know, a bunch of movies that are being delayed. Uh, and I hope, I really hope that we start seeing some stuff come out. One that one that I keep looking for is The Tenant. It's still playing in theaters. I really want to see that movie with Christopher, the Christopher Nolan movie. I'm super stoked to, uh, to see it once it comes out. I'm not going to go to the theaters at this moment, but, you know, you never know. I don't even know if our theaters are open in my local area. And to end this, there was a thing that I was watching. I... Uh, have I, I believe it's just on Instagram. Maybe it's on. No, it's on uh, Instagram. And I think I got some on uh, YouTube. I'm sort of subscribed to a couple of these visual effects guys. And I was watching one, which actually turned into like five. I started with one and then watched another and another and another. And they were doing them on uh, the, the recent ones I've watched. And I love watching them uh, was on Tom Cruise. Now, you may not be a fan of Tom Cruise as a person or maybe even as an actor. I, I like Tom Cruise. Uh, I absolutely don't give a shit about his Scientology, all the shit with uh, Katie Holmes. I don't care about any of that because it, A, it doesn't affect me. Um, B, to, to some degree, it's within his rights of doing whatever the fuck he wants. I don't care. Um, that's that's not the reason I watch movies. Uh, do I disagree and will I not watch movies because of the actions? It has to be pretty, pretty serious. Um, but in his case, the dudes have been making fucking blockbusters for longer than I've been alive. And he has done some incredible action movies. I like the, I like his movies, minority report, uh, top gun, um, days of thunder, uh, risky business born on the 4th of July, Jack Reacher. And I can just go on this, uh, lived, I repeat, you know, and just go on this, just spitting out all these movies. But the reason I bring that up, though, isn't isn't about my like of Tom Cruise or his movies was I was watching this dude in one of his Mission Impossibles. Actually, it was several different Mission Impossibles, and it was the visual effects side of things. So it was pre uh, editing. So it wasn't post editing like what you see in the movie, color graded, uh, all the shits cleaned up. It looks pretty. It was him. And then in some of the short segments, he would talk about it. And it, I will tell you, that gave me a whole new respect for that guy and, and his craft, man, to where one of the scenes where he runs and jumps on the side of a, I, I believe it's a, a C 130 or, or some large cargo aircraft, he literally did that. And yes, he did have a strap hooked to him, but this fucking guy. I was hanging off of a C-130 flying into the air. Now, that's fucking stupid. The dude believes in the art, and my hat's off to him. He also had the scene in, I can't remember, I think it was Mission Impossible 5, where they're in Dubai, and they're scaling. He essentially has to scale off the side. Also, that scene had, uh, or no, that must have been Ghost. Maybe that was Ghost Protocol. Maybe that was 6. I would have to look back. I'm not not too good with the numbers on that movie, but Henry Cavill was in it. Simon Pegg was in it. Anyways, he scales out of this building, and he really did do that shit. Now, obviously, he had additional safety apparatuses to prevent him from hopefully falling. But good lord, to jump out of a building at whatever I don't, I have no clue. Fifty stories, seventy stories in the air. Like my hats off to you, dude. And then there's there there was many other ones. Um, I just love that part of filmmaking that we don't see. You see the magic on there, but you don't see the magic and all the hard work. And I feel like, <clears throat> especially most recently, uh, and this was this was really the reason that I wanted to, to discuss this. Uh, outside of it's fucking cool as shit to see. 
So if if you ever are interested in seeing that, just look it up, man. There's a bunch of guys on YouTube. There's a bunch of guys on Instagram that just show these, you know, ungraded. They do pretty much everything under the sun and show you what it really looks like. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring this up and the reason I'm going to end the episode with this thought or notion is there has been recently a comparison between police, firemen, war heroes, uh, soldiers, so forth and so on to celebrities and athletes on saying, don't follow this guy. What he says doesn't mean shit. He didn't fight a war and essentially devaluing them. Why are they paid millions of dollars? Why? It is a false comparison. Those, every one of them, football, soccer, movies, podcasts, what what have you. It is the entertainment business and it's what draws people and it's just the way it is. Should a U.S. soldier get paid $10 million a year? Fuck, we don't have enough money to pay that. That's not what the job calls for. I'm not going to argue or debate that. But what I would say is discrediting them as a person um, because of the, the monetary value. When you got a guy like The Rock that I think he reported like 100 million a year. This fucking guy is crazy. Have you not seen, like watch that fucker's Instagram. He flies here, he's got electrical, he's got a weight. The dude has to stay in tip-top shape and he's fortunate enough to be able to do those things, but he works his fucking ass off. Does he deserve the money? I think he does. That is way outside and he's doing it himself or whatever, but I, I don't want to start that, that argument in this episode, but I do think that there is a misperception Perception, um, because it's the same with Mark Zuckerberg. Should that guy have all that money because he designs a fucking program or should the, I, I think it's bullshit. You're comparing apples to oranges. Should you care, um, that Tim Robbins believes this or, uh, Sean Penn's another big political. I don't give a fuck if you care about their political views. Um, they, it's And that's another part of, I guess, the bigger conversation is it's dumb that he's doing this. It's dude, dude has the rights, man. Don't listen to him. Well, he's influencing. Dude, so are you by bitching about it. If you're telling me I'm on the fence about Sean Penn, you're bitching about it. Now you're influencing me and vice versa. Enough of the rant, though. I can sit here and again go on forever. This is a long ass episode, guys. So if you stuck it out, I appreciate it. Um, I know I kind of went all over the place. I did want to cover some of these topics and this will spool into other many, many other topics uh, as the time goes on. Thank you guys for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Monday Madness. I'm your host, Anthony. Make sure take a uh, take a moment, hit subscribe. Again, please drop us a review. Ask several questions. Drop a comment. If you are familiar with VR, give us your unbiased, or maybe you hate VR because of an experience you had. Drop a comment there. Is superhero fatigue a thing? If not, drop a comment. Let us know. Let's start some dialogue down below. Don't forget, the Friday show is on Fridays with Dustin. He'll have a brand new episode for you this week. If you guys didn't catch his last episode, make sure take a step back, check it out. He dives into some really great things about his uh, love for comics and, and what drew him and the approach he's taken with his kids with comics and much more. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next Monday.